It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to our first show of the year 2022. Seems kind of like the same as 2021, but, you know, a couple days later. Uh, I am your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. And I am joined by the bad tattoo hat wearing son of a gun himself, Christopher. I got a new one for you. Pico Phillips. No clue, eh? Nope. You haven't Don't watched Encanto? Oh, we watched yes. it on Christmas Day. Oh, it's and so I was, good. I was a little busy on Christmas Day. Do you know who Pico is? Nope. He's he's the little toucan. Pico the toucan. Nope. So no good. idea. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll have to rewatch that one, I guess. <laughs> I, I did this. We did the same thing last year on Christmas. We watched um, Soul on Disney Plus last year on Christmas. That's a weird and show. Same, same thing, though. It's like I have no recollection of watching it because I was up and down, cooking the turkey, basting it, doing all like getting everything ready for dinner. And then this year, I was doing the same thing while also dealing with a kid who was barfing his guts out. So. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. why you didn't remember it. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I need to rewatch Encanto. Um, thanks everyone for, for tuning in for another episode of the ball Hawks podcast. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at Phillips, Chris 12. Uh, don't forget to follow the podcast account, Paul Hawks underscore pod. And I actually wasn't listening today because I had something going on in the background. So, uh, if in case he didn't mention it, don't forget to follow Steve at SS Fisher eight, seven. Um, I actually and- tried really hard this week to just sort of like, rush through it a little bit just to test you and wouldn't you believe it you weren't listening i had youtube up in a different tab and some reason it automatically because i wanted to make sure that like everything was loading properly and it was the the show was gonna uh, show up on on youtube there well it automatically started playing so you're <laughs> you're talking and then i'm getting like a two second delay in my headphones ah that was um, the the sour lemon face look yeah that's what my like what is going where's that sound coming from <laughs> hello yeah <laughs> are you in my headphones <laughs> i'm hearing voices steve there's two of you <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> Uh, hopefully you guys had a good, uh, new year's other than, uh, barfing children and hopefully everybody, you know, was, was safe, but I I always like to say be safe, but, but have fun, have your fun, be safe. Um, I, a fun fact, I'm going to beat you to the fun facts here. This was the first midnight that I have made it to in, I don't even know, maybe over a decade. I I cannot remember the last time I made it till midnight. And man, am I still hurting from it today. <laughs> I'm just not meant for staying up late anymore. Yeah. Well, you're 34 now, Steve. So This is my mid-30s year coming up here. Yeah, yeah I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. I Believe it or not, even though my kid threw up 
in her bed at 1130 on, uh, oh no, wait, that was, that was the following day. That was on New Year's Day. Um, no, I didn't make it to midnight. No. No. I, think I mean, we, who even we does were, that? We were close, but like, here's how hard I crashed. I, whatever time we went to bed, I want to say it was after 11 for sure. Um, apparently my neighbor was setting off fireworks at 12 o'clock and my bedroom window faces like his driveway faces oh, the wow. road where he was sitting off the fireworks. Didn't no hear a clue. Th- no clue. My daughter, it woke up my daughter cause her bedroom also faces their driveway. She came into our room. So my wife had to deal with that and I was out for the whole <laughs> thing. Classic dad sleep. Yeah. Nope. nope, didn't midnight, hear it. Mid- midnight did not happen on New Year's Eve, but it did happen on New Year's Day, as I just mentioned with my kid. The other one, my daughter, throwing up on the first at uh, at eleven thirty at night. Ugh. Ugh. There's yeah. there's a lot of things I've learned to handle as a as a parent. You know, like boogers on you at all times. You know sneezing in your face like drool on you pee poop like all of it puke is just the one thing that a just a little uneasy with it like oh the the worst one i ever had was having my daughter in my arms this is when she was like super super little and she's like my tummy because she couldn't really talk that much so it was just like my tummy and i was like oh weird like Let's just go to the bathroom. Like, that seems like a smart, logical parent thing to do. And then I made the cardinal sin move where I got into the hallway and stopped to, like, reassess the situation. And she puked all over me. Like, this was when I had, like, super, super long hair. So it was like, it. I had a hoodie on. It filled my hood. It was in my hair. And I'm just standing there. And, it, you know, it's all the way down my front. And I've got a kid, like, still throwing up. And I'm just, like, frozen solid being like, oh, what do I do here? There's like run into the tub. Yeah. Just let it happen. Run into the tub, like full clothes on, like shower it off. Like what else do you do? But that's the one thing that gets me as a parent. Hey, like see for me, like I I think I may have mentioned this last week, but like when we used to have a dog and the dog would throw up, I couldn't clean up the dog vomit when the kids are sick. I'm like, yep, kids are sick. Got to deal with it. You know, go into, go into dad mode and, and deal with it sort of thing. But when my daughter had the flu the first time, she was like 14 months. I had to let her puke all over me. Like, she puked on me probably four times that day <laughs> because the only way that she would like the only, I mean, she's 14 months old. I can't be like, go puke in the toilet, go puke in a bucket. No, I was like, I had to hold Beat her it, bud. <laughs> up on my shoulder and be like, all right, let it go kid. Let and uh, it was funny yesterday. We were, I was like, I was like, Olivia, come snuggle me on the, on, on the couch. Like, you know, you're not feeling well. It's a snuggle. Uh, we watched Spider-Man and, and hung out and, and she goes, daddy, no, it's okay. I'm like, no, like get over here. Come song with me. But daddy, I don't want to get you sick. And I'm like, kiddo, like <laughs> she won't you, won't you be mad if I get you sick, dad? I'm like, nope. you're talking to the guy who, when you were two years old, you literally puked on my <laughs> face. Yeah. Like we're good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so. that's just another one of those, uh, one of those those parent moments where it's like, oh, but you're going to get sick. And you're like, yeah, guess what? I, I'm probably already it, like if you're sick, I'm probably already sick. So, so that's the thing I don't understand is my son had it on Christmas Day and then my daughter gets it a week later. So does that mean 
I'm gonna get it next Saturday. Like how? Like I, I, I it's I don't know the weirdest stomach bug we've had run through our house. All I know is we're not you know doing any sort of hanging out for the next foreseeable future. <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh sorry you, you want to invite me over over to your house anyways yeah because we were both whole, off all last week and you your were, whole family's sick i'm not getting sick did you get invited one time yeah it'll happen don't worry 2022 is a new year bud hey i offered <laughs> to sit in my driveway and drink <laughs> that is true um okay let's get into some nfl stuff um Obviously, the first thing we want to bring up is, uh, you know, some sad news. Uh, I can't even remember what day that was. Um, my, my holidays have been a complete blur, but uh, the legendary coach, legendary broadcaster, uh, John Madden passes away and it kind of has the whole football world kind of reminiscing about his life and his impact on the game and what kind of person he was um, and you know, obviously, like one of the first things I remember as a kid would go to like the Madden games, obviously. Um, I, I actually think I started playing Madden before I started watching football. Me too. Um, and, and I mean, that was talked about, too, where he he made football accessible for people. Like I, I to this day, I remember when I was in university, that's when I really started getting into like the the real specifics of football and like, how does it all work? And like, what am I watching and trying to, you know, run down plays and stuff like that. And, and my roommate at the time, uh, he'd been playing Madden forever. And so he taught me how to read defensive coverages and like what kind of offense you would put out and, and how to look audibles off and stuff like that, um, through Madden. And it, it made me a better, uh, football watcher for lack of a better term, uh, so that's probably what I would remember uh, John Madden by the most, obviously, in my generation. Uh, what what would be the one for you? Steve, we're only a year apart. We're the same generation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there might be a little um, bit of a cutoff there. For me, it is it is him as a commentator yeah. still. Um like you said, I mean, I, I played Madden when I was like a 13 year old kid. I didn't know what I was doing. That was when Madden actually um, Madden games used to include a mulligan, which um, I definitely used a lot as a 13 year old. <laughs> um, but yeah, just as a commentator, um, you know, just watching Monday Night Football with him and Al Michaels was was always kind of probably the, the first thing that stands out in in my mind. Um, like everyone talks about John and, and Pat Summerall, but for our generation, Steve, it would be uh, John and Al Michaels. And uh, and I, I remember like the first time I, I heard like John Madden would take a, a bus to games. John Madden really? doesn't like fly. Yeah, John Madden, Madden didn't like flying, hated flying. Huh. So he had like a, a full tour bus and would drive across the country to go to game to game to game. And I remember the first time hearing that and just being like, mind blown be like there's no way like i don't like like i mean this was i don't want to say early internet days but yeah early ish internet days where you couldn't just easily google something and and find the answer and uh and yeah and, and like you know it, it it made so much more sense when like on the monday Night football game they would do the player of the game and they'd stick his his uh photo on like the side of a uh, a trailer basically oh yeah and 
Yeah, right. I, I'm sure you remember that as well. I was trying to. I, I can't remember what it was called. And I was trying to yeah. Google it the other day, the other day, but I just I, I couldn't come up with anything. And uh, yeah, so th- those are probably some of my earlier John Madden memories. And and like I said, just the him commenting Monday Night Football, the, the Monday Night Football player of the game, and the the player being stuck kind of on on the side of his trailer. Um, and and then of course, I mean the games. I mean I, I still play the game. I still buy this the game year after year after year, and everyone's like, "Oh, the game sucks now!" And all you people that buy it year after year, idiots, you're just paying a hundred dollars for a roster update. Don't care; it's worth it, <laughs> and <laughs> it's totally worth it because the, the to me the games are still great. I still love the games, and uh, I, I know I tweeted it uh, when he passed away, and I still uh, stand by it. John Madden. Uh, should absolutely be on the cover of next year's EA Sports Madden game. And, like, I would even go a step further, and I would love for them to somehow, like, include his voice back in the game, include his his analysis, his his commentating back in the game, which would would take a lot of, you know, maneuvering and and splicing old tape. But They owe it to him. The tape exists. Why not do it? It would be a... uh, I think it would be a blast. Yeah, they that that's a really good idea. I mean, on the cover, one thousand percent, it's going to be him. I, I just I don't see any other way around that. Um, that'd be really cool if somehow you could get his uh, analysis back into the game, even if it's you know not him and Al or him, him like him actually uh, you know broadcasting the whole game kind of thing. But maybe it's just like a. But don't you remember like on the earlier ones that used to have like, you know, I haven't played them in so long. I don't even know if they're still there, but it was like, you know, Madden's recommendation or whatever like that. And you could have John Madden like talking about why he would recommend that play or something. That would be kind of cool to have that in there. Even just the little Madden snippets, like the the one that's been kind of making its way around lately is like him talking about the the Gatorade buckets and we, oh we've got the, the mother Gatorade bucket over here <laughs> and the father Gatorade bucket here and like just like little snippets like that that you can include like yeah uh, um one of the more famous I guess sideline things over the past years has been uh when Brady was in New England and nobody would give him a high five he'd be sitting on the bench and and no one would give him a high five they'd, they'd all just walk by him. Madden's actually included that in their game now that's so funny so, like, if you have Tom Brady as your quarterback and he passes for a touchdown, they'll show him on the sideline. Nobody will give him a high five. So there, there's a way that they can take old clips of Madden oh, yeah. and, and integrate it into the game. Yeah, I'm, I mean, didn't they do it for years, you know, after Tupac died? They were releasing, like, new Tupac albums, and it was just, like, all taking his voice and, you know, somehow... I think that was old recordings. But, I mean, a few years ago at, I believe it was Coachella... And they had uh, hologram Tupac hmm. performing, right? Like, yeah. There, there, there's options. There's ways to do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next one we want to hit up. Uh, this one you wanted to talk about a little more. I, I'm pretty. I got a pretty easy answer on this, but uh, you know, obviously there was some rumbling over the past week of uh, college football players opting out of the bowl games. And you just had a couple of questions here, like, is it a big deal? Do NFL teams look down on these players? Um, and they do they not like football? I can't remember who it's who said that, but like Kirk Herb Street. Herb oh Street. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll let you you take this one away to start. No, it's not a big deal. Like I, I saw a bunch of people being like, 
oh, these guys quit on their team. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the question of do NFL teams look down on these players? Well, I, I saw somebody on Twitter, like tweet something along those lines being like, NFL teams don't want these players. Like they quit on their team. They're, they're proving that they are quitters and, and they don't want to be there and they don't want to compete in the big games and this and that. And like, I'm like, no, the NFL teams don't care. And like one guy's like, yeah, they do. Like it's a business. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It is a business. And these college athletes are, are he said something about like college football being a business. I'm like, yeah, it is a business. And these college athletes don't get any of the money that these schools make hand over fist. So they're taking care of their business. I mean, that's changed hurt. a little bit now, right? That's but changed not, a little. But th- that's not to do with the school or the NCAA. They, they can do the, the, the nil agreements, the name image likeness agreements and sign contracts with companies to, to, you know, make a little bit of money that way. Yeah. I, I just thought I'd point that out that it's, it's yeah. not a hundred percent. They don't make any money. Like, you know, Reggie Bush would have still been allowed to have his Heisman trophy kind of idea. If he played in this era, right? Yeah. Cause he exactly. just wanted to make money for what he was doing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> for, you know, the millions and millions of dollars that he was bringing into USC. He wanted, you know, a little bit to be able to feed himself and his family. Totally. How, how dare he? How and it's dare just, you? These players need to take care of themselves. And I mean, how many times have you seen a player get hurt in these meaningless bowl games? And that's the thing. We're not talking about the national championship. We're talking about like, it's the Rose Bowl. Like, sure. It's it's a very prestigious college football game. And and everyone always talks about the Rose Bowl. But at the end of the day, if it's not the national championship, it's a meaningless bowl game. It's just an extra game for the team, for the colleges to make extra money. Um, And how many times have you seen these guys get hurt and their draft stock? just plummet because of it yeah it's i i totally agree with you like for me this is an absolute no-brainer um if you're playing in the alamo bowl who i'm just looking through uh oregon and oklahoma this year the alamo bowl who cares it's one game it's literally one game uh nothing matters in that game like i for me i don't think I don't think if I'm a talent evaluator, if I'm an NFL scout, if I'm an NFL GM, a head coach, I look at that and I say, oh, no, 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 no. That guy don't like football. We we can't have him in. Like, I'm going to look at his collective work and then I'm going to say to myself, why would this young man have opted out of this bowl game? Like, what were his reasons? Ask him. If he's just like, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to get hurt. Uh, to ruin a potential like top 15 draft pick like let's say his his agent and I mean agents say a lot of weird stuff to to college players when they're representing them but let's say your agent is you know in the right frame of mind and says you know what you're going to be probably a projected top 15 to top 20 pick don't play in the bowl game because if you get hurt you're probably looking at like a top 50 pick top 75 pick because teams are going to wait on you that's the difference between millions of dollars. Like this, this is their livelihood. If my job entailed that I could get hurt and I wouldn't get paid if I went in, I might skip one of those things, especially if it was like, I don't want to call it a, an optional day, but it kind of is an optional day until you're paying these guys, um, livable wages. You can't expect that they're going to play in that game. Like, yeah, for, for me, it's a hard, like, 
I don't really care. Like it, it so doesn't, if you're, if you're in the, in the playoffs, if you're in the CFP playoffs, play, playoffs uh, yeah, that, that, that's different to me. Cause you're chasing a big championship. Like these Rose bowls, like, yeah, they're like this one line. It's like a wrap up game at the end of a season in high school. Like nobody cares. Nobody's, nobody's going to put too much stock into that. But like, if you, you know, if you were an Alabama player and you didn't go to the semifinals because you're like, well, you know, I've, I've done well all year and I'm probably a top 10 pick. I think I'll just quit now. Yeah, we might be talking another player who quit on his team. That's that's more where I went would go with that kind of analysis. I mean, I, I went back. I was trying to find guys that have opted out of bowl games before and have it, you know, some big names, big name players. I couldn't find anything specific because everything, of course, is talking about the three players from Ohio State and everything that just happened this this past weekend. Um, but I mean, Micah Parsons and Jamar Chase both opted out of the entire season last year. They're doing all due right. To COVID, due to COVID, they're doing all right. Looking at probably the offensive and defensive rookie of the years. Yeah. Um, Nick Bosa got hurt in his last year at Ohio State. He got hurt. I think it was in like a game in October. He got a, suffered a core muscle injury and decided like, yeah, I'm going to get surgery. And you know what? I'm not coming back. Yeah. Like I'm done. I'm opting out. Like I, I'm thanks guys, but uh, I, I'm done playing football for Ohio state Buckeyes. He was the second overall draft pick. Yeah. So My body say- of work has shown itself to be enough. Like that's, that's what the purpose of college football is, is to yeah. display yourself to be drafted or picked up as a UDFA by an NFL team. So like, if you think you've already done that, it's no different than like, uh, I, I, I can't remember what the rules are, but let's say like a junior, decides to declare for the NFL draft instead of coming back for his senior season. Should we all be like, oh, that guy don't like football. Like, this guy's such a quitter on his college football team. Like, would he do that to us? It's like, no. He's, yeah. So I totally get that. Uh, Players need to look out for their best interest because we hear this time and time again through the NFL that the NFL is a business, these are business decisions. Well, guess what the player's business is? Their body, their mind. Uh, those are, That's the business. You are the business. Take care of your business at all costs. That's why, like, um, you know, the Ravens have had a, a pretty good track record of losing a lot of uh, free agents, like higher-end players, because they can't... They're, they're always up against the salary cap because they can't sign everybody. And... <laughs> Every year, I always see fans that are like, oh, maybe he'll take a discount to come play with us. Oh, oh, this guy's so great. I can't believe he wouldn't do that to be on like a championship team. And my thought process is go get your money. Go get your money, young man. You've worked hard for this. Um, you know, you're putting a lot of things on the line, including your life, including, including like, you know, the way you handle your day-to-day stuff. Like, we can look no further than like Ryan Chazier who still like, he just never played football ever again. Um, I bet you he would have liked to sign a mega deal. Cause he, in my opinion, he was the best middle linebacker that year. Like he was the standard. You could argue Bobby, Bobby Wagner was still in there, but like Ryan Chazier was this new young kind of gold standard of middle linebackers. One play, he doesn't make any more money for the rest of his career. So Go get your money while you can. Um, all right, let's get into some fun ones 
here's some couple, a couple drama ones. Um, I was actually going to save this for my recap of the Ravens versus Rams, but uh, it's too good not to. I don't know if you have the clip for it at all. If you, you didn't download, okay. Um, so I was watching this, and before they showed it, I was half paying attention because my kids were running around like maniacs, but it for sure caught my eye. All of a sudden, there's like this skirmish in the Rams defense while they're on the field. And I was like, what just happened there? And I'm like, oh, whatever. Like maybe they were just, you know, when guys like are frantic trying to get the play call in and they throw each other around to like get to, you know, whoever's wearing the green dot is kind of pushing the guys around and telling them where to go. I thought that's kind of what it was. Uh, Turns out Jalen Ramsey uh, punched his teammate, kind of punched or like open palm, like smacked him upside the head and uh, they had to be separated on the field. Now, Obviously, that's like some major dysfunction and I had a good conversation with this guy on Twitter who was like, isn't it funny how people always talked about Marcus Peters? Like that was like his big thing being like a bad teammate or like a a suspect teammate. And he got replaced by Jalen Ramsey. Um, My question for you before we get into like the actual punches, should he not have been ejected for that? No, he threw a punch. No, he threw a punch. No, on the field. No. Hmm. So it's okay. It's okay to punch guys as long as your own teammates. Yep. Wow. Okay, you got to explain that one because we're gonna I get just, into it now. I just, I, it's when you punch a guy on the opposing team, usually like you're like something's let like led up to that moment. It's it's like a you know volcano ready to erupt and you finally hit that guy. It didn't look like that was happening with Ramsey and Taylor Rupp. Like obviously they had a disagreement. Taylor uh Rapp or Rupp or whatever his name is probably said something to Jalen Ramsey that Ramsey didn't like and he gave him a, sh- a shot to the face like get out of here with that sort of thing. Like I just I no you can fight with your own teammates all you want in 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 my opinion. I mean, I guess there, there is a certain point where it would, where it does cross a line, but I don't think what what he did there in that scenario crossed any sort of lines. Okay. Um, my big thing would be like, if you want to eliminate, (laughs) so, uh, our buddy Ryan from the PP one podcast, same, like a fight in practice. It, it was a game. So it's televised. Not yeah, sure where he was I just, going. I, I, and, and that, that's very good analogy. It's just like fighting your own teammates in practice. Like it's just, yeah, things just came to a head, and I don't know. It, it I don't, I don't see it as as being a big deal. It's, hmm. yeah, I don't know, man. Like, f- like fighting with your brothers. It's like how many times did you fight with your brothers, and your mom yells at you, "Don't do that again," and you do it again, and like. You don't get in, in any more trouble the second time than you did the first time. Okay, but how about this one? Last week, we talked about uh, Deron Payne uh, putting his finger, his hand, in another guy's face. And my reaction was like, yeah, it's on. Like, that's that's a, it's on, yeah. you don't do that. There's no difference here. The only difference is he had a helmet on. I would say maybe right. it's even worse because they're literally in the middle of a play. Like... They're in the middle of a play. If my teammate punches me or smacks me upside the head in the middle of a play, we're going, to, like, we're throwing. 
there's just there's something you don't do like if you want to do that at practice fine i'm probably still gonna like lose it on you um you just you're a grown-ass man punching another grown-ass man there's gotta be a like you cannot wear the c on a jersey if your leadership way is smacking a guy upside the head in the middle of a play like i'm i'm sorry there's just that is not leadership qualities to me. That's somebody having a little temper tantrum and not being able to use your words to like be an adult. Like literally ad- adults, adult behavior, you do not put your hands on another human being. Right. I, I, don't, I don't get the, the difference. The question, the question was, should he be ejected? No, he shouldn't. Sure. It was a punch in the middle of a game. Like, yeah. Well, then they shouldn't. Why, why, why eject a guy for punching a, a different guy on the field then? It's a difference. It's just, it, you know, it's just, just like, you know, your brother punch him. You're fine. It's different. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, anyways, I'm sure we could just sit here and disagree with like, it's different. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's just, it's just like, like I said, it's just, it, it is different. Like when you, when you punch a player on the opposing team, um, that, that can create a lot of animosity, between the two teams for the remainder of the game, you hit a guy on your own team. It's not gonna like, it's not like all of a sudden you're gonna see offensive linemen, offensive linemen on the same team fighting with each other because Jalen Ramsey punched Taylor Rapp. You know what I mean? Like, it, you're I not mean, gonna. It's, it, the, it, it's, it's gonna fizzle really quick when it's two teammates. I feel like that's even more of a knock on the Rams as a whole. Like if I'm a leader on that team, obviously not an offensive line because they're on the sideline or something like that. But if I'm Aaron Donald and I wear the C, I walk up to Jalen Ramsey, stand in front of him and say, grow the, you know what up, grow up. We're trying to win a football game. We're trying to get to the playoffs. We're trying to make a championship run. You're putting that in jeopardy right now by like, all of these things could be grieved, uh, you know, on the sideline talking about it like uh, adults or wait until halftime or behind closed doors. It's even more acceptable to do that kind of stuff where like just tensions boil over. But like in the middle of a game, like, I don't know. I, I just I think that's poor leadership. And I, I think there's, you know, maybe he shouldn't have gotten kicked out of the game. I don't, I don't really care. I just my big thing with it is poor leadership he he's wearing the c on his jersey for that team and if i'm on that team i look at that and say oh that's how we deal with things so every time like you piss me off i just punch you okay cool well aaron donald's killing a bunch of dudes at that rate (laughs) he might just murder everybody on that team um anyways let's let's move on to a different one because i'm sure this one uh will take most of our time there's there's some really funny things that we got to talk about with this one um it kind of lit twitter up yesterday lit the football world up and that was antonio brown taking his pads off throwing it into the bench taking his jersey or his undershirt off his gloves chucking them into the stands and then uh walking through the field of play (laughs) waving goodbye to the bucks fans um kind of doing like this side shuffle step and then jogged off the field. And so uh, I'm, I'm going to let you 
have another first crack at this one because I can tell you're, you're ready to go off here. So give and then everybody... he went and changed, went and went and called an Uber and stood outside the stadium <laughs> waiting for an Uber, which is hilarious. Oh, <laughs> uh, like the temper tantrum of all temper tantrums. Yeah. Um. I mean, I again to you know ryan just mentioned it about the you know the the two teammates fighting each other i'm sure things like that happen all the time in practice where guys get pissed off at the coach and they you know storm off the field throw their helmet and walk away or whatever um you hear about that in preseason a lot actually where guys get kicked out of practice because like something heats over right you you it's actually not that uncommon no but like you know maybe everyone's talking about this because it happened to on live TV in the middle of a game. And the guy literally threw his pads ran through the end zone. Like I think plate was play not going on when he ran through the end zone. Yeah. There's, there's the meme where he's kind of got his hands <laughs> up like this and you can see like both teams behind, like are just coming out of like the huddle. It looks like. Yeah. So it's just, I, I it's, I mean, unbelievably, you know, what you want to talk about immaturity and having a temper tantrum um antonio brown uh showcased that for the whole world yesterday obviously there there's you know probably some sort of oh there is some underlying mental health issues uh there i'm sure that he needs to deal with um or you know traumatic brain injury that that he needs to deal with or what have you um but how can you not watch that video and and for me it was it was seeing him outside of the stadium and everyone's like, Oh, like that's fake. That's fake. But if you like zoom in in the background, you can see like the New York jets, like banners hanging up in the yeah. background. It was not that's, fake. Yeah. It was like from, and, and, well, and then the, the Uber a driver video, that, yeah. that picked him up, like jumped on Instagram live is I'm here with Antonio <laughs> Brown right now. <laughs> like, Here's our boy. AB. And then he drops. And then like, he drops a, uh, a, a, a rap track or album or song or whatever whatever it's called or like like people are like did he just do that to like get himself a bunch of publicity before he drops his rap album like maybe like maybe he's just maybe he's on a whole other level of clowning the rest of the world like he's he's on a a whole other level that's for sure he's got this all planned out that that would be pretty hilarious if that was actually it Uh, my favorite twitter i actually screenshotted these so i wouldn't forget them Um, my favorite twitter responses to this um the golfer brooks kopeka he said hot take ab will fight a paul brother before the year is over (laughs) (laughs) and then um michael david smith uh says Mike Tomlin tolerating Antonio Brown for nine seasons is one of the great coaching achievements in NFL history. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true though. Like how Mike Tomlin got this guy and Le'Veon Bell and Le'Veon Bell in the same room to be a productive and very dangerous uh, team that probably had the, it had all the recipes to go to a Super Bowl. Um, how he held that locker room together is like next level coaching stuff. Like that's just I wild mean, to me. I, not, not that I follow the AFC North too closely. AB was relatively normal until Vontez perfect broke his brain. Eh, 
maybe that that one's hard for me to tell like how many shots do you take in football you know year after year after year after year that one's kind of hard for me to to say one one shot kind of took it all out of you um i'm not like no the the shot that you know the, the straw that broke the camel's back maybe like, yeah possibly or, right like that that not when he got knocked out by perfect like that was yeah that seemed to change everything right yeah possibly like may, maybe that was like you said may, who knows I'm, I'm not a brain doctor like it it very well uh, could yeah. be um my favorite part of that whole video though is watching mike evans hold his jersey on like talks to him is like put your jersey back on then holds his jersey and then on the third time is just like okay screw it i don't care. like be a child there's only, like yeah I, there's I only don't so care. much you can do and say before you have to just be like whatever man sink sink your ship yeah like i'm like, not having any part of it good you, luck you went to the perfect 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 situation uh got a super bowl ring out of it are probably looking at a very strong possibility of a second super bowl ring uh, not that he needs the money, but how he was so close to three incentives that were worth, you know, a combined almost million dollars. Um, yeah, I, I guess my, my initial thoughts and, you know, I, I put this in our, our, our Google Hangouts chat with the boys. Um, I just, I hope this dude can find the help he needs because yeah. like, I, I don't know if you saw Tom Brady's response to it, but there's a guy who, who gets it. And this is hard for me to say because, like, I, I keep wanting to hate Tom Brady still because I still think of him as, you know, the AFC East guy that the Ravens had to go through and whines on the field all the time. Uh, but between throwing a Lombardi from, you know, boat to boat and and being the first person to step up and just say, like, we need to have compassion for Antonio Brown as he's going through this stuff. Um, that That's how... I, it, it, yes, it's funny. It is funny and, you know... AB is even laughing at it. Like you can see in in the Uber ride on the on the way out, he's like, he's loving it. He's loving the attention. He's like, he, you can tell he doesn't care. Um, but I hope like his whoever his support network is. I just really hope they're behind this guy one thousand percent because you know you are right, Chris. There's there's something not right. Whatever it is, something is not right. And uh, hopefully, hopefully he can get uh, the help he needs. Did you see the um, Joe Burrow quote? I think it was either today or yesterday about Jamar Chase. Uh, I think I remember seeing something, but remind me. So, I mean, of course, after um, it was either before the draft or after the draft. And everyone was like, if the Bengals don't take a left tackle, like they're screwed. And Joe Burrow's going to be under pressure all season. And he's just going to have to go. F it, Jamar's down there somewhere. <laughs> oh, I did so, see that. In his press conference, he goes, yeah, you, you guys have all seen the meme. Like, F it, Jamar's down there somewhere. <laughs> like, after Jamar's three-touchdown game yesterday, yeah. which I, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I love that stuff when the players show their personality and their, their, their human side. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like as much as I dislike the Bengals because they're an AFC North rival, um, you know, I, I was talking with our buddy Liam here, who's a big Bengals fan. They're exciting to watch, you know, like football as, as a pure football take the, the game 
the NFL game is better to watch when that team is on like in the game playing because they're they're just so electric like they were I, I was obviously following box scores in that game um they were down I think it was like tw- when I looked it was 28 to 14 or whatever and I was like yes yes the Bengals are gonna lose like this is what you know and the the Ravens were obviously dominating uh or or at least leading the game at the time and I was like yes this is exactly what I need to happen uh, for my team to have a chance. And wouldn't you know it, you know, uh, I'm just looking here. It was 28-17 at half. So they, they'd kicked another field goal um, before half there. And then they uh, put up 17 points over the Chiefs' three points. So, like, the team is just so damn powerful on offense. Like, you've got a stud quarterback. You've got a stud running back you've got probably three stud wide receivers. Like, I, I guess the first thing I would say is like, I know we did takes on like, you know, during the draft last year and we, you know, both of us were like, they need an offensive tackle. Like I would not go Jamar Chase. I would go Panay Sewell. Well, I'm, I was wrong. I was, cl- I was wrong. I was clearly wrong. Um, I'm okay, you know, looking back on that and saying like, damn, you guys made the right choice. Like, you for sure made the right choice because Jamar Chase is just ridiculous. He fits that offense well. He fits what Joe Burrow wants to do. And pairing him with all those other guys, like, um, it's going to be a tough team to stop. That's all I can say. That's, That's a legit Super Bowl contender in that team because at any point they can score on you with, you know, 30 to 40 seconds. So, um, but this is not a Bengals podcast day they're the ravens that we talk about <laughs> see what i did there stupid bangles <laughs> i'm just brian bitter. wants to know what i miss i was putting honey mustard on some french fries Ooh. brian i saw the way you put honey mustard on your smile face french fries and i don't know but it looks like you're having a bukkake party over there <laughs> wow wow <laughs> i was just gonna say it looked reminiscent of his frozen mustache picture and leave it at that but chris wanted to go x-rated here holy oh. uh kids if you didn't already put your earmuffs on make sure you put your earmuffs on when chris is talking on the ball hawks podcast you, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth next <laughs> bbhp <laughs> uh, all right <laughs> I made you go first last week and you didn't want to. So it's only fair if I make myself go first. Um, Ravens, Rams, Ravens lose another nail biter. Wouldn't you know it? Shocker. The Ravens lose by a point. Um, Longest losing streak uh, of the John Harbaugh era. This is probably the most frustrating loss I can remember. Uh, I, I was just trying to think of it before we jumped on. Like, what, what was more frustrating or, or what was the loss that really got to me before this? You know, I'm thinking, you know, when the Bengals eliminated the the Ravens on Tyler Boyd's big fourth down catch from Andy Dalton. I'm thinking of Christmas Day where Antonio Brown reached out over the goal line to end the Ravens season. Um, this one was maybe equally as frustrating because the season is on the line. Uh, and it's a tale of two halves. First half comes out and they look like a team that's going to just absolutely control the game. They're going to dominate the Rams. Uh, 
and you know they're going to be in good in a good position to get a wild card playoff berth. Um, the defense, for some reason, uh, Chuck Clark has an early pick six. Uh, it's the first picks, or I think it was the first interception. I'd have to go back and look. First interception since almost a year ago by Chuck Clark. That's how few interceptions uh, the Ravens get. Uh, you know, the, the defense was missing more players again. Wouldn't you know it? Our rookie pass rusher, star rusher, Odafe Owe was out. Uh, our remaining best cornerback, Anthony Averett, was out. Um, they're just depleted again. They, they got some more people back off of COVID, but this was one of those ones where if you were a betting person, and, you know, I said this on our fantasy cast last week, start every Ram receiver because the Ravens have no secondary and they're just going to feast. Well, man, did they shut me up in the first half. Like, did they ever shut me up in the first half? Uh, Chuck Clark has the pick six, but he also has a second uh, interception of the half. Um, The defense held this team in all game. And I earlier today, I had this conversation with uh, a guy about uh, the defense giving up the game late in, you know, the, the last minute drive, the defense gives it up. And I'm like, are you out of your damn mind? This defense gave up i i don't count the pa i count the pats with uh with the the pick six the offense scored 12 points the defense scored seven that that's all there is to it like if you if i would have if you would have told me chris hey steve uh the the la rams with cooper cup with odell beckham with uh van jefferson Matthew Stafford throwing them the ball. Uh, a really a red hot Sony Michelle. Tyler Higby's been been a good weapon for them. Uh, by the way, your defense is going to hold them to twenty points, and they're going to score seven for you. I would have said, "Let's go, baby." There's an easy W. Like they did everything they could have done to win this game. I don't care if they gave it up at the end. They gave it up, but the offense still had a chance to march it back down the field and, and score and win. Um. This is, I think, the third week in a row I've said in the first half, Rashad Bateman was used early and often. Uh, And wouldn't you believe it? That's a recipe for success. You drafted this receiver in the first round to be a playmaker. Uh, Let him make plays. But again, uh, the offensive identity kind of got thrown out the window. And uh, I, I didn't see Rashad Bateman being utilized like he did early. Um, Tyler Huntley had a really strong first half. He couldn't, couldn't punch the ball in, uh, on, in, in the Rams, uh, red zone, but I, I thought he played well. Like he played well for a backup. Um, I thought he was put in some unnecessary situations. Um, he did make one really silly play right at the very end of the half, um, he tosses up a ball to Marquise Brown on the sideline. He thought Marquise Brown was cutting back. Marquise Brown kept going. Uh, the Rams ran the ball back for like 30, 40 yards, uh, and then they scored seven points. I thought that was kind of the turning point of the game. But again, he's a backup quarterback with a handful of starts. You kind of have to expect that he's going to make 
these little mental errors that, you know, un- inexperienced quarterbacks will do. Um, I, I, th- I thought he played well, bad decision there. Um, Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews is a beast. This guy is unfreaking believable. Um, in the first half, I think it was the first half or maybe early, uh, early into the third quarter. Um, he surpassed, uh, Michael Jackson, not the singer, but the former Ravens wide receiver. Uh, he beat his all time, uh, single season receiving yards for the, the, a franchise history there, um, with only 1,201 yards. That is the most yards a single player has ever put up for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, that was done in 1996. So that's, you know, a 25 year, uh, record that fell. And wouldn't you believe it to a tight end of all, of all people, like of all people, uh, tight end breaks it. Um, and then I was looking at some stuff earlier yesterday and today, Mark Andrews is only 140 receiving yards away from breaking the NFL tight end record uh, held by Travis Kelsey. And, you know, we, we talked about is, is Andrews tight end number one right now? And I, I think some people will still argue that Travis Kelsey is because he's been putting up thousand plus, you know, 1400 yard seasons for the last six or seven years. And I, I get that. I, I would agree with that. Chris, you made the argument that like uh, George Kittle, when he's on the field and if he could stay healthy, he would be, you know, ahead of Mark Andrews. But I know it's a 17th game that they get, but if he breaks that record, like maybe he's not tight end number one year after year, but this season right now, he is the best tight end in the NFL for sure. Just I, 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 I think availability I, I, matters. It does, but I, th- I think for that conversation, it needs to be consistency too. I mean, as much as availability availability matters, so does consistency. Consistency. Mark Andrews has been consistent, but this has been a career year for him, right? Sure. Well, that's what I mean. Like, if we're talking about like who is the best tight end, just overall, you know, yeah, probably he. It's the the one two three conversation now. Uh, yeah. This year, he is the best tight end. I just. There's nobody that can tell me different because he's leading in receptions. He's leading in yards. I think he's tied for touchdowns now because I think Travis Kelsey got one. Um, He's number six in the NFL for receiving yards. Just a handful behind Debo Samuel. Um, He's ahead of Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs. Like That's pretty impressive. And when I think about it even more, the last three games, he's had two games from Tyler Huntley and one from Josh Johnson. So, like, again, he hasn't got that extra shove like Mahomes would, you know, Mahomes is going to pass for 50 to 60 times. So I just thought I'd give my boy Mark Andrews a little extra love. Uh, he's he's phenomenal. I'm so glad they're utilizing this guy because when he makes those plays, it's just like a momentum booster. Like, he's just, he's so animated when he makes those plays that, like, the whole team kind of rallies around him. Um, and I absolutely love him. Um, there, there was, there was a funny little, uh, screenshot that I, I can't remember who I screenshotted it. I, I can't remember who posted this on Twitter, 
But I do remember seeing this. Uh, it went to the NFL ranks for the defense, or sorry, for the for the offense for the Baltimore Ravens. First in rushing, thirty second in passing. It's like I don't know whether to be pissed off or whether I should be impressed that they're able to do that somehow. <laughs> like, how do you manage to be the best rushing team in the absolute worst? Uh, or sorry, sorry, that was my bad. That was on defense. Um, That's just, that was the defense. Yeah, right? it, I saw that. Yeah, it was it was the defense. So they're they're number one in uh, rushing yards. So they're they're a wall up front. I think on the fantasy cast. That's why we said probably wouldn't start Sony Michelle. Um, and thirty second in passing. It it's pretty comical actually. Like you know what you have to do against this team. Why are you even trying to run the ball on them? Just just throw every play, I guess. Um, kind of like the exact opposite of the Patriots strategy. <laughs> um, just a couple more things. I'll be quick with this. Uh, there was a few plays where in zone or man, I, I still can't couldn't figure out what they were in. Um, the closest person to Cooper Cup was middle linebacker Patrick Queen. If you put a middle linebacker, an outside linebacker, a defensive end, a D tackle, uh, a safety. If you put any of those people on the NFL's leading uh, wide receiver in receptions, targets, yards, and touchdowns, you're going to lose a football game. There's just... There's no other way to get around that. I couldn't believe that they had him dialed up as the person in that coverage. Like they should have been doubling Cooper Cup like they did with Devontae Adams. I was absolutely flabbergasted uh, that they would do that. And then the final one, uh, there's a lot of rumblings whether Greg Roman should be fired. I think I'm finally on the train uh, that he just needs to go. I think he's run his course in that team. I think he's run his time with what he can do for the offense. And I think just a different system. You you take the good things that you liked from his, like his run schemes, um, and you put a fresh mind in there that's going to evolve this offense uh, a little bit forward. I'm going to leave it at that because uh, I've been rambling for a little while. And uh, everybody who who probably heard that, has, has already commented. I, I was on Twitter a lot with that one. So I think <laughs> I had lots to say on that. But if you want to hit me up on Twitter at uh, SSFisher87, I would love to have that conversation with you. Um, yeah. Now on to you, Chris. You got a big W t- uh, today. You got a big W yesterday. I got a big W today, too. Good for you. Like an A&W no. burger? Or? I didn't. I had to go to work today like a sucker. Ha. Ha, ha. I'll be there tomorrow. Don't worry. I don't get the cushy teacher life. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Seahawks. I mean, came out uh, against the Detroit Lions and dropped a fifty burger on them, fifty-one to twenty-nine. Which I don't want anyone coming at me. Yeah. Well, it's the Lions, and they're this. I don't care. Don't care. Good. Te- good teams should beat up on the bad teams, and that's that i mean the fact that the seahawks gave up 29 points is i think too much but whatever garbage time <laughs> garbage down time points to a garbage time team uh, as far as i'm concerned um 
they started the game uh, 0 for 2, which I actually, I guess I got the benefit of time with this episode. Um, Russell Wilson on, uh, on the first drive went 0 for 2. They had a 3 and out. Uh, he came out with no gloves on. Second drive, he was wearing one and a half gloves. So he had a full glove on his non-throwing hand, on his left hand. On his right hand, he had a glove, but he cut off all the fingers except for his middle finger on his right hand, which is the finger that, of course, mm-hmm. he injured earlier in this season. So he's, he was wearing one and a half gloves, and after starting the game 0 for 2, he finished the game 20 for 27. He had four touchdown passes. Uh, I can't remember how many yards he finished with. doesn't matter. A lot. Um, less than Joe Burrow, but, like, a lot. So... Um. Yeah, the Seahawks is good. I was happy. Um, one of the other first things that I noticed as well um, about this game was DK Metcalf's body language. Hmm. He looked like he didn't want to be there. Oh, really? Like, actually, I think at, I saw you tweet something like that. I did. Yeah. yeah. He he didn't want like he was just. I don't like even with his dark visor on and like even when it was like his back turned to the camera, like just his body language was like head down. I don't want to be here going through the motions like he would, um, you know, he would it was a running play and like um, he was ended up on, on the turf somehow. And he's I don't know, just like got up a little slower than like normal for DK Metcalf and kind of sauntered back to the huddle and um, maybe, you know, at, maybe at they point, need Maybe they need him to be like that. Didn't he get two touchdowns? Three. Oh, oh yeah, he got the third one too. Maybe he maybe they three, need to be yeah. like DK. Just just chill. Just go out there like you don't care, and we'll find you some touchdowns. Right? Like, <laughs> hey, we're not going to throw you, throw you the ball at all this week, and and then all of a sudden he ends up with three touchdowns. So yeah, so I don't know. It, it was pretty weird. Like even at one point, like during the huddle, like it looked like he just kind of like walked past Russell Wilson, like. They didn't even really look at each other. It felt like so. I don't know. Hopefully, uh, you know, it's just uh, nothing. Hopefully, it's nothing. Honestly, yeah. Um, you know, touchdowns make everything feel better, of course. And he had three of them, so that helped. Certainly helps. Um, but it was just I don't know. It, it was weird, and there, there was a few other people that were. I mean, even like Gus Johnson and uh, Akib Talib. We're, we're talking about his body language as well. They, they didn't quite go as far as I did, saying it doesn't look like he wants to be there. But yeah, it, some some about his body language was, was kind of off hmm. all, all game long, it, it, it felt like. And I don't know, maybe he's just getting frustrated with the lack of um, lack of plays, lack, lack of touches, maybe. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. Um, I mean, I would still love to see them give him some sort of jet sweep or end around or something like that. Um, they gave Tyler Lockett one. Uh, he scored a touchdown. They gave D Eskridge one. He went for like 30 yards and got tackled at the one yard line, uh, like right at the end of the game. So <laughs> which actually uh, was kind of funny. So Eskridge got tackled at the one yard line and the Seahawks just set up in victory formation from that point forward. Really? The fans were actually, the fans were booing. Really? That that I mean the Seahawks are up fifty one to twenty nine, and the fans are booing that they're not scoring more points. <laughs> I mean, it, it is the last home game of the season. I guess you you know punch you, that you baby wanna, in, punch yeah, that you, baby in. I mean, I was certainly being like, all right, put Rashad Penny back on the field, let him get another touchdown. <laughs> you grease monkey. 
I was doing the same thing when uh, Ugo Amadi uh, got, got uh, I think it was his first career interception, but he ended up like fumbling it and like it was just, a, it was a disaster. But all I could think about was like, all right, I don't want this to be a pick six, but like get it to like the 10 yard line so Rashad Penny can come in and score <laughs> another touchdown. So guess who Chris had on his fantasy team in championship week this, this, uh, this, this past week. So yeah, that um, was a double W. Yeah, I, I was just looking champion. here though, Chris. Um, you you had said something about uh, DK, like DK, maybe because he wasn't like he's not being utilized or not getting the touches he wants. Um, he's twentieth in the NFL for total targets. So, like, I, I I was thinking that same thing. I'm like, okay, is it because of touches? Well, he's got the twentieth most. Like, may, maybe that's not enough for him, but he should realize that, like. They run the ball a lot, and he's got a crazy good weapon on the other side of him in Tyler Lockett. Could this be a young guy, came into the league, took the league by storm, went to the playoffs, like, get to the playoffs in your first year, you think that's just how the NFL goes? You know, I I, I wonder if it's because it's been such a losing season and like a young guy not being able to like jump over that hurdle of like, oh, I'm we're not actually going to win all the time. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just wonder about that. I, I always wondered about that with with young, like when rookies win the Super Bowl in their first year and they're just like, oh, this is what the NFL is like. We Year one, we just win Super Bowls. Um, yeah, I just wonder if that's what it is for him. Yeah, I mean, and he did say something somewhat along those lines today in his pre- press conference as you know still a, still a young player in this league i still have a lot to learn um a lot of growth this season and and and, and maturity this season um but i still have room for for more and and so yeah there, there is definitely some so some room for maturity and some and growth uh on on his end uh for sure yeah. um speaking of the guy on the other side there tyler lockett um he set a career a uh, single season high with 1,076 receiving yards. Um, of course, there's one more game for him to add on to that, which I saw that. And I was like, really? Like, this is like 1,000. And he's never hit 1,100, <laughs> um, which kind of shocks me. I mean, last year he had 100 like catches. Yeah, you just think of him as like a 1,000-yard receiver all the time, right? Yeah, year after year. Yeah, he had, he had 100, I think 101 catches last year. I think it was something like that. Um, so for him to have that many catches and not break 1100 yards is somewhat shocking. Um, of course he has a career year after I trade him in fantasy football. Your favorite player too. I I know I trade, I, I got Damien Harris out of it. So I I think I did all right on that one. That that was a really fair trade. Yeah. Anyways. Um, Jake Curhan, who was an undrafted, (laughs) yeah, exactly. He's an undrafted free agent. Uh, rookie right tackle. He's played the last few weeks now. I, th- I want to say the last three or four weeks. And I think the Seahawks may have found their right tackle of the future. Sweet. I mean, he's inexpensive. He's playing well. He, I, he's got a little bit of work to do, probably, in my opinion, anyways, uh, in pass protection. But he's an absolute mauler in the run game, um, which, I mean, what does Pete Carroll love? <laughs> running the ball like a young um, DK, like a young fluker hey yeah like just absolute mauler so um i mean i i'm that that's one guy i'm excited to see uh his growth and development in the off season and, and see what uh what he can do 
you know, next year with potentially a, a full season of, uh, of games ahead of them. Um, let's talk about Rashad Penny. Sure. Like, where has this been? I mean, again, he hasn't been healthy his entire career, basically. But, like, where has this guy been? This is the reason, <laughs> like, these last four games, maybe not so much the Rams game, is the reason why the Seahawks made him a first-round draft pick. Yeah. It's unfortunate it's taken four seasons for him to, you know, show that, you know, hey, guys, this is what I can do, and this is why I was drafted where I was drafted. Um, a lot of people are, Rashad himself, are, are actually crediting Adrian Peterson um, for for kind of putting him in, you know, where he needs to be and, and showing him how to run the ball and, and be more effective with his touches. And there's a lot of people on Seahawks Twitter being like, hire Adrian Peterson as our running back coach. Like, bring him back. And um doesn't sound like you were watching the game, but they showed AP on the side on the Seahawks sideline. Um, just in his street clothes, he's been placed on IR, so he's done for the year. There he is on the sideline, street clothes, big old dip in his mouth. <laughs> Again. <laughs> That's what I want I, my coach. That guy would probably play football with a dip in if he could. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, I just, like, the Seahawks didn't pick up Rashad Penny's fifth-year option, so he's a free agent mm. after this year. And, and that make that makes sense why they wouldn't have in the off season, right? Like, oh, absolutely, hundred percent. No I mean, way I'm, you were paying him that much money after that no. body of work. I mean, he got hurt this year. He, he had a stint on at least one stint on the IR this year. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, yeah, there's no way that that you know, God, if they had picked up his fifth year option in the off season, people would have been losing <laughs> their minds. But now here we are, and it's just like, well, should they bring him back? Yeah. Which. I think absolutely they should I'd cut Chris Carson, um, which I mean, Chris Carson's career might be over anyways, but if you cut Chris Carson, it's only $3 million in dead cap. The Seahawks are going into the next season with the seventh most cap space. Um, I say sign Rashad Penny to a, you know, two or three year deal. He's only going to be like 26. So he's hitting like, the prime year, like 26, 27, 28 are like typically the the prime running back years, which I don't know why I'm air quoting that because, I mean, Rashad Penny's kind of proving that it's the, the prime years of a running back. Um, I say bring him back if you can, if you know, if you can afford to. What, what are you offering him if, if you want that, like, you know, providing he wants to accept a two or three year deal? Right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like he, you know, he's got to think about his, his long term um stability but like you know why not do a three year or maybe even a four year but like the the final year the contract is avoidable year and like four to four and a half million per year yeah i would i would say with a guy like that anytime i would have a player who is like injury laden um, when he's on the field and healthy, he could help your team worried that he's going to stay on the field. I, I think any deal in the four and a half million, that's getting pretty expensive for, you know, a mid to late twenties running back, uh, who has really had a good 
third of a season. Um, I think you have to do that as an incentive base where it's like, okay, you can make up to four and a half million dollars. Like if you eclipse a thousand yards rushing, if you play more than 90% of the snaps, like there, there would, for me anyways, there would have to be a lot of those bonus laden incentives in that contract for me to take four and a half million. But maybe that's what it takes to keep a guy like that. You never, you never know. Right. And that's what I mean. It's like, I mean, there's no hiding it. They've been showcasing him these last four games. If the Seahawks aren't going to pay, like there's, there, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another team out there that were willing to pay him more. There's suitors, right? There's going to be suitors yep. for him for, for sure. Right. I mean, Jacksonville, yeah. maybe. Well, I mean, they're um, going to get Travis Etienne back, so. Yeah, but they're going to be without James Robinson, probably. But they weren't using them the, anyways, so. Yeah. Sorry, the Urban, Jets, the Urban Meyer wasn't using them. Yeah, they, I don't know. It, I, I, there's there, there's going to be suitors, r- yeah, regardless. For sure. Um, And then, of course, the big question is the final home game of the Seahawks season. Um, is this the last that we see of Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner in a Seahawks jersey in Seattle? Which um, Bobby's the bigger question mark, I would say, which is really unfortunate. Like he got hurt on literally the first play of the game. Uh, it turns out he sprained his MCL and PCL, so no surgery required, but he's not going to play in the last game of the year either. Oh. So we may have seen the last of Bobby Wagner in a Seahawks jersey. And the reason why he's kind of the one that, that is the bigger question mark is he has a $20 million cap hit next year, but only $3 million in dead cap if they cut him. Not, That's tough. Not... Man. That's tough, right? For a, uh, what is he, a 33-year-old linebacker? Yeah, 32 um, or 33. Something like that, right? So it's, it's, it's that's that, that's a tough one to swallow. Um, and, I, you know, unfortunately, especially with him being injured now, might be writing on the wall. Um, but I don't know, maybe they try and restructure him and, and bring him back. Um, but Cody Barton also stepped in and filled in admirably. Uh, Jordan Brooks is a middle linebacker by trade. Um, so maybe they put Jordan Brooks into that spot and look at, uh, you know, maybe moving Daryl Taylor off the line back to an outside linebacker. Cause that's technically what he is by trade, but I disagree with that. Um, maybe they'll look at getting some other outside linebackers through the draft or free agency um, and just kind of getting a little bit younger at, at that position again. Um, not that Bobby's, I mean, his play hasn't fallen off. He's still, I mean, he's a pro bowl linebacker still hundred and what? 170 <clears throat> tackles, something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Like I, I think I just saw some linebacker for Atlanta is now leading the, yeah. the league in tackles. But yeah. like I said, Bobby got hurt on the first play and didn't play the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know the, I won't even talk about the Russell Wilson saga. Cause we'll be talking about it for the next four months. I'm sure. Yep. Um, <laughs> I mean, the the stories are already coming out. The the agents already leaking crap. So, like I said, I I don't know. It, it may have been his last game. I I don't think so. The Seahawks know that they need a star quarterback to 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 win. Um, and you're not going to trade him for a, for another star quarterback. Um, so personally, I think he stays. Um, but 
like I said, we'll talk about it next week and the week after that, the week after that, and the week after that. That reminds and probably me. Probably of... the entire month of February and the entire month of March. And, that reminds anyways. me of when we first started this podcast, right up until yeah. you know the start of September. <laughs> yeah, we're getting deja vu, hey. Yeah. All right. Um, other than other than that, I mean, you're in the wind column. I'm in the wind column. Great way to. Close out the season at home for sure. Um, you know, DK getting those three touchdowns. Uh, Rashad Penny led me to a fantasy football championship. Um, so, you know, double win there, like you said. Um, definitely no complaints about this game. And like I said, I don't want to hear, yeah, well, the Lions don't don't care. Good team should beat bad teams. It's a win. Yeah. It's a win. Also, I, I agree with you. Um, score as many points as you want on a team. If you don't like uh, And I said this when Cincinnati, you know, was racking up points on the Ravens. If you don't like it, stop them. That nowhere in the game does it say you have to like ease up because of certain things. Like I, I don't care. Like, well, oh, I will say one nice thing about Detroit. Okay. Amon Just Ross one. St. Brown is phenomenal. He was, he was fun to watch. He was all over the field. It seemed like every time a receiver caught the ball, it was him. Yeah. Yeah. He, a lot of fun. And he's catching balls from Jared Goff. So <laughs> Not even it was oh, Tim Boyle. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was Tim Boyle. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, he should be exciting to watch. Um, all right, let's move on to everyone's favorite segment of the week. The third down segment brought to you by Bad Tattoo Kelowna. What do you have for us this week, Chris? Yeah, the third down is back once again. And once again, it is presented by Debt. 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 Bad Tattoo. <laughs> 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 bad tattoo <laughs> brewing in Kelowna, BC. Um, I mean, you know, everyone's talking about dry February. I say, forget that. Go to bad Sign up for the bad tattoo beer club. and get some of that damn good beer shipped directly to your doorstep all across Canada. The football, NFL playoffs are coming up guys. You don't want to, uh, you know, be parched and, and, uh, you know, losing your voice because you're screaming at your TV too much. Make sure you get some beer, keep yourself hydrated so you can yell at your TV all day <laughs> to drive your wife crazy. Okay, two things about that. You said dry February. It's January. So let's figure out how what we're going to drink in January before we... Did I say... No, I said January. No, you're going to listen back to it and you're going to be like, uh, damn, he was right. I'm going to have to go back and check, yeah. the, cha- check um, the tape. I got the email of what they're delivering did you get it the winter winter mixed pack pack of my favorite the the peanut butter chocolate porter uh the oat milk stout that we've been talking about recently uh one that you were raving about the red plum winter sour and this one this one is the one that's really got my attention uh counter flows uh uncommon grounds coffee lager a big fan of coffee lagers so um, there's just, I, I like coffee stouts and, and things like that. But when you do coffee lagers, they're kind of lighter. Uh, I feel like you get more of that, like authentic coffee flavor out of it. Uh, and if we know anything about bad tattoo, we know that they're going to be using real ingredients. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe we'll have to call Ryan up and ask him. I I'm guessing they just put the whole coffee bean right in the brew. I, maybe our, our buddy, Jake Vogel, uh, if he's listening and watching, he can comment since he's our resident brewmaster. Uh, he can tell us how that would work, but probably 
just straight up coffee beans in there. Uh, so make sure you get that winter pack before maybe the snow goes away and it's not winter anymore. Hopefully, I don't it goes feel like away. the snow's going anywhere. <laughs> It'll never we're leave. Like an, we're supposed to get like another twenty-five centimeters this week. Oh, perfect. Yeah, but it, that's it, okay. At least it, my new a, house that it, I moved to, I like downsized in terms of not my house. My house I upsized, but my driveway I downsized by like. 1000 <laughs> percent like when i was shoveling i'm like i'm already done like i don't want to go back inside yet <laughs> I'm just gonna hang kids out. are in there i'm just gonna hang out here and pretend <laughs> i'm still shoveling <laughs> but yeah guys go to badtattoobrewing.com like i said sign up for the bad tattoo beer club get that beer shipped right to your doorstep with your freshly shovel driveway <laughs> all across Canada. That's right. Um, this week for the third down. Now last week on the third down, I don't know if you guys remember, but it ended in a bit of a fight. Oh yeah, it did. Steve felt like it was unfair that I went off script and didn't give him the first down. And I say he needs to come with a better team next time. Wow. Didn't, so, didn't Jake call you out last week, too, saying I should have gotten it? No, actually, I didn't hear from Jake. Oh, maybe not. Ooh. Okay. You're still a cheater, so I, I'm ready for it. Like, I'm, I'm already fired up. So this <laughs> week for the third down, I mean, we all know last week we talked about snow, up, snow day activities, and I told Steve the right answer was, it's too cold, stay inside. <laughs> so this week for the third down, Steve, it's still too cold, stay inside. <laughs> Okay, I, I don't know what that theme is, but I'm I'm ready for it. It's I guess we would we'll we'll call it uh, you know the, the things that you would do uh, on a cold winter's day rather than going outside and and playing in the snow. Okay, so it's cold outside. I don't want to go out there. I just want to you know I just want to stay inside and stay cozy. Um, so it's the like I said, it's the too cold stay inside battle. Third down presented by Bad Tattoo Kelowna. Steve, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this thing. Third down. All right. First matchup. We have read a book versus building a puzzle. I feel like you're setting me up for this. Like, oh, the teacher better, you know, he teaches English. You better pick read a book. Um, my kids just got two new puzzles uh, on uh, New Year's Day. And they're, they're starting to level up in puzzles. Like before we would do these 12-piecers, 24-piecers. Uh, they're up to these 100-piece puzzles. And uh, man, did we have a lot of fun with those. We had a lot. Like they're at the age now where they... I mean, Easton still struggles with them a little bit, being a little bit younger than Sienna. Um, but she's starting to figure out, you know rotating pieces, finding colors and and matching those up and trying things and throwing that piece down and finding a different one. Uh, and it just keeps us entertained for hours. And it's fun. Like, I know we've talked about this before, but I absolutely love sitting like a creep and just watching my kids do something and just watching their brain work. And you can like, you can see the brain like being challenged and worked. Um, and I, I do love how puzzles challenge my kids. And uh, the right answer is probably read a book. I do enjoy reading, you know, a book. Uh, not so much with kids because you can't really get into the book. They interrupt you with things. 
Uh, so for that reason, I'm going to say it's more practical right now to do a puzzle. I hope your students are listening. I don't, I, if, if all of you guys heard that, te- teacher Mr. Steve Fisher said, don't read books. Books are bad. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> um, we started building a puzzle the other day. I think it was like a thousand piece puzzle. And it's one of those ones where it's like, it's got a lot of stars and things like that in it. Oh, and like, yeah. Oh, man, those are tough. Like, trying to be like, nope, the constellations still don't look right. This piece fits, <laughs> but it still doesn't look right. And uh, I think I think Nadine actually ended up packing it up, which if she did, I'm, I might be a little upset because <laughs> we'd, we'd made some pretty good progress. And I don't know. I'm not the type of person to start something and, and give up on it. Um, That's the fun thing know. about puzzles. Like, you can come back to that puzzle. You can take a week break from the puzzle. And then just, okay, I'm going to do an hour of the puzzle. Like, yeah, I, yeah, you heard it here first reading bad, but puzzle good. Um, I, I love things that challenge brains. So like, obviously I love, you know, reading and stuff like that. And, I, and I'm a huge promoter of reading actually, but like, there's something different about a puzzle where it makes kids think that they're playing when really they're learning. Like that, that's, that's my ultimate beauty of doing things is when you can, incorporate like deep learning things uh with having some fun like i don't want to do learning things if it's not fun so yeah puzzles well this next matchup i think i already know your answer um it's playing board games versus watching a movie and like i said i I probably know your answer because you've never watched a movie (laughs) a day in your life um but just you know for the sake of the listeners uh what are you picking in this matchup are there any parameters on like, are we talking like strictly board games or are we talking like, can you play cards? Can you? Nope. Let's keep it at board games. Just board games. Okay. Uh... I, I do really like board games. Um, I, I actually do prefer board games that take a long time. I know, I know some people, you know, the classic Monopoly game where you're like, God, we're like six hours into this game and nobody's done a damn thing and somebody flips the board. Um, I actually prefer those kind of board games where you have to like really invest some time in it. Um, But despite what Chris thinks, ladies and gentlemen, I love movies. I love watching a lot of movies. If you've been listening to us lately, Chris is the one who hasn't seen a lot of movies and or doesn't remember them. Um, I'm picking movies. And our homie Ted Wong comes in um, with more bad takes. He was throwing around some bad food takes earlier in a Twitter conversation. He says picking or playing board games, Hundy P. You're wrong. Unless it's Christmas vacation. (laughs) 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 Classic. Yeah, I'm picking uh, watching a movie. All right, guys. So don't read books, don't play board <laughs> games, just watch movies. <laughs> no read that? book, watch movie. Book bad, movie good. <laughs> you heard it here. Uh, next one, we have playing video games. I mean, teacher, teacher uh, Fisher probably loves video games versus building a fort. Oh, well, I 
as a teenager and like early, like early to late child, I was a huge video game person. I, I, you know, video games were really starting to emerge when we, not I, uh, were kind of like, I don't know, in grade one, two kind of range. Like they, they started really picking up when like, you know, Super Nintendo came up or like Sega Genesis before that. Um, but old person me does not play a lot of video games ever. Um, so I, it's a tough one though. Cause I, I have so many nostalgic memories of playing so many video games. Um, I love building forts. Forts to me are like your introduction to building houses. Um, there we go, Ted. <laughs> Ted comes in at building a fort. I, I agree. I love building forts. I love destroying forts. The best thing about building a fort is destroying it so you can build it in a different way. And you can make tunnels and you can make it like big enough to stand up in. And that turns into like, you know, as kids get older and they're like too too big for building forts with, like Ted says, couch cushions and blankets, uh, that turns into like you know, doing a treehouse with your kids and stuff like that. So I'm going to pick building a fort. And that's probably going to be a very unpopular uh, opinion with some of our younger listeners to the Ballhawks podcast, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) This guy likes to build forts. (laughs) Uh, For our last matchup, then we have, um, you know, stay inside, have a nap, cozy up, you know, maybe turn on the fireplace. Go crawl into bed, fall asleep on the couch. I'm a I we you know I'm really good at having that that couch nap. <laughs> I probably have a couch nap once a day on my days off. Um, good for you. Versus working out, and now hmm. I mean this could be a one person workout. It could be a two person workout <laughs> if you so inclined. Um, you know wh- wh- whatever whatever you fancy that day, whatever your wife fancies that day, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh this is a tough one for me because you know, I am like mega into working out. It's kind of like, it's my, it's my, like my, my church. It's my therapy. It's where I go when I need to be me. Um, but I'm such a huge proponent of taking naps. Uh, I'm reading a book right now. Uh, why we sleep by Matthew Walker. Uh, Naps are so incredibly important to your overall health. And there is nothing, absolutely nothing, like when you are exhausted and you just get like a a, a good 45-minute nap in. Naps actually saved me in university. Um, I, I learned, I I did a lot of research on naps and, and how effective they are and how you should actually nap. So I would actually uh, time my naps so so they were most effective Uh, But like Ted just said, picking heavy stuff up and putting heavy stuff down. uh, It's not a stretch to say probably has saved my life. Um, It's it's literally like my like I said, it's my church. It's my place where I can go to be me, where I can like just be alone with myself, my thoughts and and uh, improve my physical fitness, but also improve my mental fitness. Um, and yeah, I'm just such a huge proponent of working out. I know it's not the answer you would pick, uh, but I'm picking working out. So you prefer the one-person uh, workout over the two-person workout? 
Well, we're keeping the show PG, so <laughs> I'm talking about good old-fashioned one-person workouts. <laughs> keeping those wrists strong. Um <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> Picking heavy things up and putting them back down, okay? Just like Ted said. <laughs> oh, Christopher. Uh, all right. Let's, let's recap your person. choices here. Let's, let's see if you can actually pull off a first down this week. So we have, for Steve's It's Too Cold, Get Outside, Third Down. We have Building a Puzzle, Watching a Movie, building a fort and working out steve what is your it's too cold stay inside mvp well if you were listening to me through that whole thing which you probably weren't uh it's a no-brainer for me i'm going for the workout um all of those things are are good in their time and place they all they're very mood dependent, I find, but I would say the workout is the number one for me. And I know I'm not getting the first down for that, but I don't care. I'm not surprised that was your choice. I, I mean, I always like to say like, oh, look, I feel like I know your choice here. And you're always like, ah, 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 and you like throw in like a <laughs> the you know, bit of a curveball, but you know, no, yeah, no, 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 Dikembe, no. like not this week. <laughs> um, but yeah, after, you know, you just talked for the last 20 minutes about how much you enjoy one person workouts um i wasn't surprised that you chose that as your mvp and you know steve you were actually really close this week to getting the first down you had the answer it was right there for you oh but we all know you've never watched a movie a day in your life oh i knew it was gonna be that I knew you were picking that ted's awarded me the first down though and really he's the ref of this so i think i might throw the challenge flag and and ask ted ted's not a part of this show bye ted <laughs> blocked <laughs> ted's getting muted again <laughs> oh i actually could i actually can block him if i wanted i'll put user in timeout on youtube <laughs> ted you're going on a timeout for that one uh, yeah you know you're not a part of this show man that's so funny all right well i didn't get the first down again uh but my message one person workouts good for you two person workouts are good for you too you know great for your cardio great for your cardio sometimes <laughs> ted <laughs> it's true um yeah we're we're at the hour and a half marker so we're gonna wrap this up thanks everybody for joining in uh episode 45 we're almost at the half century marker here chris um and as always I am going to give you the last words of the show. I don't know why I keep doing this after you don't give me the first downs, but I'm a sucker for punishment. So, uh, uh, I just put Ted in timeout. He's blocked for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for saying suck it, Chris. Um, yeah, guys. Uh, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the ball Hawks podcast. We are of course a part of the Dean Blundell network. Uh, we are, Proudly sponsored by Bad Tattoo Kelowna for our third down segment. Uh, please give us a follow over on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. You can find us over on Instagram and Facebook as well. Follow me at Phillips Chris 12 on Twitter. Steve, you can find him at SS Fisher 87. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page. Our what are you doing? Pointing uh, to my thing. 
Oh, pointing to I, I got it right this time. <laughs> Subscribe to our uh, our podcast wherever you get your podcast. The episode will be out shortly. Uh, and as always, guys, go Hawks. Peace. Hey, listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.